as introverts and highly sensitive humans there's a lot we don't do when it comes to online marketing and in this episode we're spilling the tea on what we've done instead to generate a consistent flow of clients into our businesses and how you can do the same yeah i mean we spoke a lot about this in the previous episode when it comes to like consistency and we even touched on the ways that we have generated clients in our business without necessarily being on social media and so we thought in this episode we'd dive a little bit deeper because marketing consistency social media like all of that sort of stuff is synonymous with the trajectory of online growth in the way that we kind of currently hear about it and I think that you and I have both got such a differing perspective to a lot of what's there and also not only perspective but lived experience of being able to generate that that client base and increase our revenue and things like that without having to sell our souls to social media so to speak yeah and I think it's a very timely um, episode because I'm finding more and more of my clients and my community are wanting to spend less time on social media but they still want to have that thriving business and it's kind of like how can we have both like how can we have a healthy relationship with social media where we don't feel like we need to be on there all the time and also have like a beautiful business with you know as many clients as we desire Mm. and I think for me it always comes down to this remembrance of businesses existed and succeeded so long before social media ever came onto the scene And so while like it's a wonderful tool and can be really great, it's also not the be all and end all when it comes to growing your business. And so really allowing yourself to, again, just to echo everything we said in past episodes, to be really discerning about where you're spending your time and attention and how you're feeling in that. And yeah, knowing that you can do it a different way. Yeah, it's actually interesting. I had an amazing breathwork session with a coach um, in my local area in Fremantle the other day. And it was just such this beautiful moment of like, ah, like we don't need to only find clients on social media because I think she'd had her business for like 10 years and she doesn't really have an online profile, but she'd just been coaching for so long before coaching became this like really popular big online thing and I was like oh there's so much beautiful proof there that you can have like a fully booked coaching business without necessarily having a huge online presence Mm, and I think that's something you know both of us have been referred to as kind of being sometimes those best kept secrets online because when you look at our online platforms they're, they're certainly not ticking the numbers that some of the bigger profiles and people would you know you'd look at and go, oh, they've got 10,000 or 100,000 or whatever followers or like all this engagement. Yet we've both have had fully booked businesses at whatever capacity fully booked look like to us in the various seasons of our lives. And we've been able to generate that consistent level of income that's aligned with our desires within our business and season of life as well. And I think that that's such beautiful proof that, you don't have to do it a certain way. And I think for, for myself, like I always have found that for me, social media in particular is this very um, like challenging place. And I think this, and I don't know if you actually feel this as well, Sam, being quite sensitive. 
like when I spend time there, if I see something or hear something, and this is also why I don't really watch the news and things like that, like it can really affect my mood and energetic state. And so almost as a bit of a like self-preservation, I try not to necessarily be on there as much. And therefore then it feels like really hard to then jump in. Like, I don't know, like for me, it's always felt like Instagram is this place like I love the DMs because I love like the intimacy of it and the conversation and like I'm always there for that aspect but in terms of like the feed and even stories and stuff like that it feels almost the equivalent to me of like running down the main street of town screaming about what I do and just hoping that the right person hears it whereas like I love my email list and that feels so Mm. like cozy and nurturing and like I've just like circled up in ceremony with like the women that have chosen to come and hang out and they've like asked and and I I don't know if anyone likes listening to human design and I know you have thoughts on human design uh, Sam but um as a projector like that invitation element like does feel maybe a bit important to me that like people are they actually wanting to receive as opposed to just like bystanders walking down the street? Yeah. And it's so interesting, isn't it? Because I do feel like if people are watching your stories, then they are kind of choosing to connect with you. Like, especially if they're not just watching one story, like if they watch, I remember when I used to launch Permission Granted back in the good old days when Instagram was a lot easier. <laughs> <The> golden era. <laughs> One of my marketing strategies would just be that I would share so much about Permission Granted in launch mode. I'd do like 20 stories or something like uh, so, so like such a high number of stories. And then I'd look at like, well, if this person's watching all these stories, then they do want to be here. Mm. Um, but, but like, but yeah, it is definitely different to like the intentionality of like signing up to an email and I I think I've got really nuanced point of view on social media like I have a bit of a not a love-hate relationship but like I'm so aware of the negative impact that it can have on my well-being if I'm not mindful and boundaried around it but Mm -hmm. I've also had so many blessings in my business and my life from social media like even our friendship like met on Instagram right and um, I was chatting to another lovely human yesterday who we went for a coffee um, last year. She met Frankie actually at a cafe with me and we met on DMs as well. So like, yeah, I'm a bit like you. I definitely, if you want to connect with me, like DMing and, but I do quite enjoy like showing up on stories, but I was just thinking about like my friend Michaela is like a therapist in London. We actually used to work together when I lived in London and we're doing an event in London in like a month. And I remember saying to her, oh, like I probably won't be able to help promote this much. Like I don't really have much of a London audience. So it, um, it'll be a bit up to you. And then I shared a story and like, I think it's so amazing. One of my clients from Permission Granted is like living in Europe at the moment and she's just going to be in London that weekend that we're doing this lunch. And someone else that follows me was like, oh, I want to go too. And I did have this moment of like, okay, yeah, I get social media like can be bad for us, but also like isn't this just so beautiful and so incredible that there are people that I know um, or like who haven't met me yet but that feel connected enough that they want to come and have lunch and and learn Mm -hmm. from me. But I I don't know. I just feel like it's such a, a nuanced kind of 
thing social media and I don't have a black and white like it's either it's good or bad I, I kind of just have a lot of messy feelings about it yeah, absolutely and even layering in yeah I, th- I think you're so right to bring to the fore like all of the blessings that also have come yeah. from it um and I think where it can get a little like gray or um less helpful is where it becomes this pressured thing that you have to do in order to play or in order to succeed because I don't believe that to be true um yeah and I also think like something we have spoken at length about just informally is even what we're then modeling to our children and things like that as well and their use of technology like there's there's just so much that swirls around the topic of social media purely because of the myriad of ways that it impacts like your life and your business. And I like, I don't, um, you know, there's, there's that very human like ego part or the, or um, part that is like maybe an, even a bit of a trauma response when you create a vulnerable post that does want to like check back in and be like, how's this being received? Like, what are people saying? Or, am I getting enough likes and people like this? And, and sometimes like I have noticed in the past that like that can pull me away, especially if you're trying to post to like optimal times, like you're doing that around dinner time. And then like all through dinner, like instead of enjoying that with your family, you're like, Oh my God, like what are people thinking about my post? Like, Oh, like I better check it and stuff like that. And so it's, yeah. Like you say, like, it's how can you, be in that space in a way that's like really beautiful and intentional and supportive if that's a place you choose to play while also knowing that it's not the be all and end all yeah and it is it's hard to be present I'm I guess with because we have dinner so early so we have dinner at like five as family maybe that's and my solution yeah and then <laughs> the girls get dinner. bed at seven so I usually would try and schedule a post for like 7 30 at night and that way it yeah it's kind of like I can be there when, you know, to engage with people. But um, I can't remember when I last did this, but I remember looking at like my Instagram profile and like how many posts I've done. Because um, I've had my business for like, so I've probably had my Instagram account for five, five years and I've got 600 posts. And I've got friends who have had their Instagram account or business for like um, one year. Uh, and they've already got like 900 posts. So when I look at it, I'm like, I know that I have been inconsistent and that's probably why, you know, like my programs aren't like fully booked or fully selling out. But I, I, I actually wonder if like, it's kind of like, how can we give ourselves permission to use social media as a tool in the way that we, uh, that's going to like, support us like because there are all these things like yeah if you post like three times a day you might go viral and if you should do this many stories but that's like not going to support me in this season of life that I'm in Mm -hmm. and so like it's kind of being okay with being imperfect and like that yeah maybe my social media stories get seen by less people because I'm less consistent but that's okay you know yeah yeah and Mm -hmm. I think it's it comes down to what metrics matter to us yeah and again it's that conditioning to really look at the visible impact of okay I've got this many likes or this many comments or this many followers um but what does that actually and and people are so trained then too to make that decision to look at like someone's account and go well they have a hundred thousand followers so they must be better than the person that has ten thousand followers and that person must be better than the person with two thousand followers but really like that's not 
a barometer of how good somebody is at what they do or how yeah. successful their business is. All that really shows is how consistently they've played the game. Um, yeah. And, and being aware of that in your own buying behavior, but also in how you show up, I think is is really important. And I just had a quick look then as you mentioned it. And I was like, yeah, I've just got, a, got about 400 and something posts over five years. So yeah. also not very consistent. But um, what I think that really we have both done so differently is built our business on really solid relationships and we also both have a very intimate business model. So I think it's important to contextualize this because if I was working with a client or if you are a business owner that relies on quantity, like you have some sort of course model or membership model that relies on big volumes, then obviously you are going to need a big audience just by the like nature of how that filters down. That being yeah. said, there's always like exceptions and ways that people can like have higher than industry standard conversion rates and all of that sort of stuff. But without going too much into the numbers, like you do need a bigger pool. Whereas you and I both have a business model because we value depth and value intimacy and really value the longevity of a client relationship and client journey yeah. that fully booked to us doesn't require hundreds or thousands of people and therefore, like, we actually don't need that many people in our orbit to be able to fill our coaching practices or our programs. Yeah, like for me, selling out permission granted is like 16 to 20. Yeah. Like I've ne I usually have about 14 to 16 people in there. Yeah. I've always said 20 was the number, but I've, I've never gotten there. But I've almost felt like actually when I've had that bigger group of like 16, that that was enough for me. Because I like mm -hmm. to do that more in-depth work. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think that is important to acknowledge as well. Like when I'm not selling like a membership or a lower cost course where I need to have like hundreds of people signing up. Mm. Uh, and that's because I think I've built my business around my personality and my strengths as well. Yeah. Probably another part of marketing in some ways, right? Like oh, instead absolutely. of looking at what other people are doing, like actually checking in with yourself about, well, what, what what do I want to be known for and what are my strengths? Mm -hmm. And what's the best platform to share those strengths too? Yeah. And that really harnesses that. Like mm -hmm. for some people, Instagram like is the place and it's beautiful and they get so much growth, so much traction and that actually converts into clients for them. But then I have other people that I've worked with and they're like really great at conversing and just they weave the most beautiful stories and anyone that's in their presence then wants to be in their world and work with them. And so for them, like their best marketing strategy is guesting on other people's podcasts or running masterclasses in other people's memberships and programs. And it also feels so much more effortless for them because they're like, cool, I can just go and be on like one or two podcasts a month, the one or two masterclasses. And that filters through the clients that I need or the leads that I need to then create the clients that I want. And so it's again, like really understanding what the message is that you've got to share. What's the yeah. best platform to share that, that aligns with your strengths and connects with the ideal person that you are wanting to be reaching. Yeah. Yeah. And it's true. Like 
Uh, I have neglected my podcast a little bit lately, if anyone's listening that normally listens to my other podcasts, you know, because other things have been happening. But in general, like I find podcasting so much easier than like writing a post. And, you know, I'm pretty proud of the fact that like I think Permission to is like close to episode 70 and I launched it just before Frankie was born. So like I have, it hasn't been like consistent, like every week, which is, I know the best way to grow a podcast, but I've had to also honor the season I've been in. But for me, like 70 podcast episodes has felt a lot easier than a hundred social media posts. Like it just, it just comes more naturally to me, I think. Mm. And I think that's a test, like that speaks to your personality and that depth, right? It's the same as with us in here. It it feels effortless to jump in, hit record and just have a deeper conversation. But if we had to take each of these topics that we've done an episode on and just make one social media caption about it, it, there there is so much nuance and depth to the conversations that we have and the way that we think about and view things that is hard. Like, And that's one of the challenges I find with social media. Like how can you fully dive into the nuance of everything that you want to say about a topic when you're constrained to this character limit and also like the way people, if we think about the end user, people aren't on Instagram necessarily to sit there, read an in-depth post, have their thought process challenged, re-examine the lens point from which they're looking at life and then go and contemplate and do some self-reflection. Like that's just not the platform for that. And so if that's what, you know, and that's through our work, like what we're trying to elicit in people This podcast makes much more sense as a platform for doing that because we can weave in and out of that as opposed to here's a few sentences and go on your merry way. And I mean, even we haven't even touched on like last year when like Instagram was trying to be like TikTok and it was like death to all the beautiful images and the long poetic posts that I did love on Instagram. Mm. And it was all about these quick, fast-paced videos. And I remember always going through like a grief process of like, I don't believe that this is actually good for me as a highly sensitive person. I am quite a slow speaker. Me trying to like, you know, jump into a reel and like convey a heartfelt message in like 30 seconds. seconds. (laughs) Yeah, it just felt really like not aligned. And I was like, well, I've always loved this platform and I love the relationships I've built, but I'm trying to fit myself in into a, a space that doesn't suit me. And I am glad that Instagram is kind of, moved back away from that a little bit but it's still yeah like I I just wonder like the, the yeah the cost of that like even tick I've kind of avoided TikTok because like those really fast-paced videos I just not sure they're really so good for our brain and our attention like our ability to focus and um and and slow down mm, for sure and I think that brings in like a really beautiful point to make in like a mm. world where marketing is so dominated by extroverts and that sense of like being able to perform and and even you know the the standard of what beauty looks like and popularity and all of those things that can come into it and really play on some of the really tender spots of being a woman in how our society and culture exists but um that ability to like not have to constrain your voice and your thoughts into such a short snippet, like yes, to being concise and making a point, but also you don't need to speed up. Like 
I actually um, realized lately that I was used like very up until very recently would listen to podcasts and even like replays of trainings or like audiobooks, everything I would listen to on double speed. And it was this like idea in my mind that like I had to get through them all. Like I need to like get to the end of this training or I like want to read. There's so many books I want to read. So if I just listen to them faster, then I'll get through more. And what I like just at one point I was listening to it and I was like, this actually just feels so dysregulating because Mm. it is so fast as yeah. opposed to like when I slow it down and it, and it, when I put things back to normal speed, I almost feel a little bit painfully slow, but it's like so soothing to the mm. nervous system because it gives you the pause. It gives you the reflection moments. It gives you the chance to like let a concept land. Yeah. And, and yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if you've ever done that, but I just found that as like a really fascinating thing. And it made me reflect then on so many other areas of life where I've tried to go fast and like accelerate because I like thought I wanted to get to the end of something or I wanted to get to a destination or I wanted convenience. But actually it's like the gift was in the slowing down. Well, isn't that kind of the whole concept of slow down to speed up? Like if yeah. you speed up something because you want to like quickly read it or quickly listen to it and then chances are you get to the end of it and you're like, oh, I didn't really understand it or I wasn't paying attention or I don't remember. And so then you have to it's listen like multitasking to multitasking while also listening yeah. to it on double speed while your kids are so like trying to ask you a question. Again. Yeah. yeah, and then that means that you've added more time than if you just listen to it slowly and mindfully the first time. Yeah. I feel like I've done that so many times in life where I'm like, oh, quick, I'll try and do like five things at once. And then I've like dropped like the cupcakes all over the floor. And, yes. you know, I've cost myself more time than if I just slowed down, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I was thinking I would love to share a bit of what we have done that's worked that's worked really well. Because like I think what we're talking about is like, okay, social media, we've got like mixed um, relationships and feelings with it. But I think like what has worked for me really well is like that very much relationship-based, building a relationship-based business and actually having uh, like permission granted, we've got an ambassadors like affiliate program where people like refer and recommend um, the program. Uh, And like, that's always such an honor, obviously, if someone like loved the experience so much that they recommend it to a friend, that makes me... um, yeah, like, and, and also it tends to mean that the person that comes along is going to be a really, really good fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other thing that's really helped me in marketing is I, and I'm going to speak to this, like I know it wouldn't have been as big an issue for you, Jess, but as a social worker, I had like really icky feelings around selling and like, you know, I thought like selling and reaching out to people and seeing if they were interested in working with me, that that was really sleazy. Um, but I've really reframed that from selling to supporting because I had a few examples. The first time I launched Permission Granted, like reaching out to a few people who I knew had been watching a lot behind the scenes and that I already had relationships with. Like I'm just to be clear, I never like completely cold DM. Like I never reach out to people um, that I don't have a relationship with because I don't like that. But yeah, I, I literally reached out to someone and they were like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I actually really need this. Like I've, you know, I think they'd just gone to see a therapist and they hadn't had a very good session and they were like, 
I actually really need something different to therapy and permission granted sounds great for me. And it was kind of like this um, penny dropping moment for me of like, oh my God, like selling isn't always a bad thing. You're not, you're not always harming people. Like some, you are, there will actually be people that will be so grateful that you reached out. And so that really changed my relationship. And I think that that selling supports the marketing. And if you if you feel confident to be vulnerable and to reach out to people and invite them into your program, which not everyone can do, it does take a fair bit of um, being okay with being vulnerable, then that means that you don't have to have the, you know, 10,000 people in your audience to, to be able to have a successful business. Yeah, I would agree. I really think that what we've lost in like, pursuit of more and bigger and bigness is that intimacy of relationships Mm -hmm. and connection. And when you also have that relationship with people, it allows that conversation, that invitation to be so service centered and so organic because you have followed their stories. You're aware of their journey. You've had some conversations and you just know so deeply within your heart that what you've got to offer in your program is going to support them based on who they are and where they desire to be. And you can really speak into that in such a beautiful way as opposed to, yeah, just hoping like the right person happens to come across a sales page or a freebie and like funnels in from there. Like, yes, to the magic of that happening. And I see that happen all of the time. And also like the easiest wins happen just through beautiful relationships. And and being okay with people saying no to, like I think mm. I find when I reach out to people, like I either get ignored or um yeah, I get a yes or an, an um or a no. Sometimes I do get a no, or like we end up becoming like quite good friends yeah. and like <laughs> having these beautiful conversations in DMs. Like um, so it's like I think part of it is also like, you know, kind of bracketing that ego mm. of being afraid of a rejection and like no, like just I always just really trust like when I send out an invitation, it's always with so much hope. Um, but also like trust that people like have the ability to say no if it doesn't feel right as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's another part, like there's a lot of conversation around like how to handle objections and to coach people through and like not to take no for an answer and just something again we have in our co-creation of our experience that we're creating really want to retain is like that deep trust in the person that we're inviting that they ultimately know what's best for them and if they have some issues whether it be like the bunny is a challenging point right now, or I don't know how to make the time work. And they want to open up that conversation. Like we're so human and want to be in conversation with people and help them find a way to make it work. uh, If it feels something they're called to do, but not because we've like twisted someone's arm and like told them they need to like expand their belief and like all of the other things that are like happening out there at the moment um, to get people into a program. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just about having a conversation, isn't it? And, and not, you don't need to learn all these like um, manipulative kind of mind reading tricks and things that get sold a lot in the online space. You can just have a human conversation with someone that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's really plain. It simply comes down to that. 
We wanted to interrupt this goodness for a moment to share with you that we are currently enrolling into next year's Slow Mastermind. Think exhaling as you expand, softening into success, and inviting in both peace and profit as you create a life and business filled with richness and riches. Unlike most masterminds that either support your heart or your head, Slow is a space where both are held, a space where strategy and embodiment are woven together to support your whole self through all the seasons, especially the messy ones. A soft space to land in your business, love your life and lead bravely for results in a way you never knew were possible. A space where slowing down is the catalyst for the abundance around you speeding up. Slow is a table of women we want to circle up with and share in the journey of consciously creating a deeply impactful business that doesn't cost your life and still generates a healthy profit. Perhaps it's the table you've been searching for too. If so, we'd love you to apply by heading to slowmastermind.com forward slash apply where you'll find all the details and information. To help you kickstart your journey to slow, sustained success, when you apply before the 5th of December, 2023, you'll receive two bonus one-on-one coaching calls, one with Sam and one with Jess. Plus, get access to monthly group coaching until the mastermind officially commences in April. And I think like my experience from really building my business has been about the containers that I've put myself in. And so that wasn't the intention when I first started joining masterminds. I joined masterminds because I live in a regional area where there isn't a huge network of female entrepreneurs in the online space that are like navigating all of the different pathways of being online, plus running a business, plus being a mom, plus all, you know, all of the things, right? And I really wanted to be connected with community and with women that were walking a similar path and that got it and so Mm. sought out masterminds as a community because I'd been in memberships and I just felt like I'm not the extrovert person that can be the loud person in the room that gets seen or connects in huge spaces and so I was like right I'm gonna have to like really put my money in to this and invest in the connections and the community that I want to cultivate. And so joining those higher level masterminds, which are a more intimate space, which do have people um, that are also like really seriously investing in their business because they've showed up to also invest in that space from a time and financial perspective, um, just became such a catalyst for clients that I had never imagined And very quickly through being in masterminds, I was not only getting my peers who were in those masterminds become clients, but then they were referring to all of their peers and their friends that were in business. And so it, yeah, it was like, I would say like the turning point in my business being like, you know, something I had to work to kind of be continuously marketing and selling to the point where it became effortless and that there was always clients waiting to work with me was actually in joining a mastermind um, Mm -hmm. and joining something that was outside of our networks in Perth as well. Like I joined a mastermind in the States um, just to again, like create some diversity in connections and to really expand the pond of like who I was connected with. And yeah, that 
led to such beautiful, just beautiful ripples that now um, it's it's just become such a like amazing byproduct and like something that I trust when I invest in a mastermind now is like, yes, I'm going to get value from the coaching. Yes, I'm going to get value from the content, but I'm also going to get such a like direct ROI just from being who I am in those spaces and how that like provides like an opportunity for those people on those calls to really see me and see the gifts that I bring and to be inspired as to how that can work in their business. And that came through deep service that came through actually committing up and not just being in a mastermind, but showing up in that Facebook community, like it was my own community and I was running it. Like I was in there, like cheering people on, answering people's questions and all of that. So it's not just this like passive, I'm in a mastermind, so therefore I'm going to get clients, but like, how can you use your gifts and be of service? And it doesn't even have to be in masterminds, but in all the spaces that you occupy so that people can just see the difference that you can create for them. And that's going to inspire them to want to lean in and come a little closer to your work and your world. Yeah. It's like, I love that it's like, instead of thinking about marketing, which I know so many therapists um, and coaches really struggle with the concept of marketing think about it as service and like Mm. being generous and and like what you're describing is like being like really deeply generous and deeply in service without necessarily expecting an outcome straight away yeah yeah as I said it was was not on the radar of intention whatsoever like especially I'm a business coach right and if I join a business mastermind I'm not expecting to get a client out of that because I'm like, well, everyone's going to get served by the lead coach of that's created yeah. this space. But um, yeah, I think it, it just goes to show that like, again, there's no one person for everyone. And so certain people just by, again, being true to you and your strengths, yeah. people are going to gravitate towards you no matter what container and capacity you meet them in. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I feel that (laughs) we need to rebrand marketing. Yes. Yes. Marketing needs a (laughs) rebrand. Marketing needs a rebrand. What if it's actually just serving? And and being in your softness and authenticity. Like it doesn't have to be a forced pushed thing. Softly be. And Mm. connect doing what comes naturally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So marketing gurus out there, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we're we're rebranding marketing yes. as did you get onto that yes yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's so important and and something that also people don't realize is marketing is also how you serve and support your current clients mm-hmm. and so that like things that you know people put so much effort into what's my instagram grid look like um, what person or like, how am I looking outwardly? And mm-hmm. the amount of times that I've worked with people that have the most amazing, like visible appearances outwardly, but like don't have an onboarding process or system, don't have any sort of like system for like, or process for re-enrolling their clients or collecting testimonials or just again, being that human, like I, I have processes set up in my back end that have my clients' birthdays in them and they're there forever in my calendar. So every single birthday, even when I'm not working with that person, I'll like write them a little note or drop them a voice 
message and wish them a happy birthday. And it's those beautiful, like, again, human touches and deeply, like, giving a shit about people that allows them to feel so safe and supported by you that if you stay top of mind and like I'm bringing this back to like marketing terms and I like almost cringed and paused as I did that because I'm like I don't want this to sound like oh be nice to people because you want to sell them something like that's not at all it but like if you have given a brilliant customer service experience from like the sale right through till the offboarding and then you continue to show up for them beyond that like to know when they're launching and to celebrate that or that it's their like kid's birthday or their birthday and all of those little touch points if and when they ever need the services that you offer again you are like the first person that they're going to have on speed dial or if and when they have someone in their community that's like hey I need someone that does this do you know anyone you're going to be the person that they refer and that in itself like builds this beautiful ecosystem where your marketing isn't even about what you're putting out at a you know frontward facing but it's like who you are behind the scenes and I can certainly say that I have been in containers where I've invested significant significant sums and felt like there was so much love care and attention up until the point of signing the contract and closing the sale. And then after that, you're like almost a number and like it just felt awful to be on the receiving end of. Um, And so it's like not being that person basically. Yeah, like being the person that you were when you were like asking the person if they wanted to join the program. Don't like switch personalities as soon as they start. Um, It's interesting as well because I guess this is a personality thing or a brain organizational thing but I have to admit I'm the kind of person that's like pretty bad at even remembering my friend's birthdays but <laughs> like you should do your calendar <laughs> yeah I know I know I should but it's I think it is like probably an unofficial ADHD I don't know anyway um what but what I do I guess it's just an example of there's different ways to do this right because the way I am as a friend is I'm very spontaneous and I'll just think of my friends and send them a message or do something nice for them and it's a bit the same with how I stay connected with people that I've supported like I'd I have thought, oh, it would be really nice to send them all like a little birthday note or something, but I'm not that organized. But I just randomly drop into their DMs and see how they are. And I I love to, if they do show up in stories, like watch what's going on in their lives. And I stay connected in that way. And that's so beautiful because like one of my, a beautiful long-term client of mine, um, we had like a break when Frankie was born. Like I think we almost didn't work together for like a year. But when we, she just um, started working with me again for three months. And when we started working together again, I just felt like we were jumping straight back into this connection. A lot had changed, but because I'd stayed um, in contact with her just via Instagram DMs, actually, I kind of knew what was going on in her world. And so I think it's a win in terms of like marketing in inverted commas and, and, you know, making sure that we have beautiful clients nice to support but it's also a win in terms of the quality of that relationship and that connection you have with them yeah it just it just feels I mean it just takes any of that ickiness out of it right it just feels so natural like as humans we're so wired to belong and connect and it's innate like we know how to do that we don't need to learn 
tools or scripts or tactics or anything like that. We just have to be a be a human, be who we're who we are. Like it's 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 be innate. Yourself. Be ourselves. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's not there's nothing special or secret saucy about it. And um yeah, I think that we're both testament to how that can be so fruitful. Like we have both admittedly been inconsistent online. We and even when it comes to like how like my email list and stuff like that, like even though I said that's a place where I love to show up and like you with your podcast, like it's still inconsistent. And it's like I don't ever want to force myself to write an email every week because I've someone said that I should write an email every week. It's like I want to write an email when there's something that's authentically there to be expressed and that feels more true for me than like ticking that box of yeah have I done this this week and again when you think about exactly like you said with your friendships like that beautiful connection like sometimes we have the best of friends that we haven't spoken to in months and then you just call each other up one day or catch up for a cuppa and it feels like no time has passed and that you were literally catching up yesterday and you just jump back in and like for me that's what my email list feels like that it doesn't feel like a place I need to explain or be like oh my god I'm so sorry I've been really busy lately and blah 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 blah. like I just like jump in and rekindle Mm. as if we're old friends and it's just so beautiful and it sounds like you're very similar with the podcast that you just yeah. trust that like, we're human and we get it life yeah lives and also I think this is part of the messaging around the slowdown right like also be prepared that that will maybe mean that things are a little bit slower like my podcast isn't like the top one percent of podcasts and I know very well that part of that is because I don't release my episodes weekly Um, and, but I'm okay with that. Like I've accepted that, that for this season, I'm not in a space where like, I'm going to push myself to get a podcast out every week. And so it might be a little bit slower, but if I, again, can kind of put my ego to the side and not compare myself to other people in other seasons of life, then that's okay. You know, like I've still had beautiful clients listen to like one or two podcast episodes and decide that they want to do permission granted. Like it's, it's still been very worthwhile for me, even if it's not the biggest, most popular podcast out there. Yeah. And, and also like, we can't all have the most popular podcast, can we? No. <laughs> yeah, no. I just know a business coach said to me, your podcast won't grow, like expand as much until you start releasing it weekly. And and I'm like, I think we, I live in the real world. Like I can accept that that's true. And also accept that like, I'm just okay with releasing it like every second week or, you know, yeah. taking a break every now and then, or I'm looking at doing seasons now so that I can, you know, go all in in a season and then have a break because that's going to support me more as a mum of young kids. So yeah, it's, yeah, just like finding what works for you. Yeah, but don't give up. I feel like a lot of women. I guess I just want to say this before I know we got to wrap up, but don't give up if you can't do it in like perfectly. Like mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of women are like, oh well, I can't be consistent, so I just won't do a podcast. And it's like it's still better to take imperfect action and to show up and create something you love, even if you can't do it to the standard that you want to right now for the season of life that you're in right now. I think that's such incredible advice to end on because that is something that can be the sticking point for so many people that, yeah, just stops any action. And that's such a beautiful example of 
how slow that slow and steady wins the race kind of thing of like okay you don't have to be sprinting you don't have to be putting it out every single week like yes maybe that's the ideal but like putting something out is better than putting nothing out and once you get going you may find that it's not as onerous as you thought and you might be able to do a little bit more um because again I think sometimes things can feel bigger and harder before we've done them and then once we get going we're like oh yeah that's not so bad yeah I found podcast my the hardest bit of podcast for me is coming up with an idea but once I have the idea it's pretty easy (laughs) yeah yeah well yeah I mean as 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 I've seen we were like yeah we'll do little 15 minute conversations and once we hit record we're just like all of the things come out and conversations but that's what's so beautiful about this space is like it it can be what it is and yeah amazing well I I mean we could talk marketing Mm -hmm. so all day long because it's so nuanced there's so many different aspects to it and it relates so differently to people depending on their energy types their um, business model, how they like to exist in the world and their values. So it is a really nuanced thing that we recommend you do spend just some time for yourself in contemplation of, of like, where are you maybe doing things because you believe that that's the only way to do it or that you have to do it in order to create a version of success or what would feel more authentic to you and how could you do it in a way that really just honors your ambitions and your current season and capacity right now I love it I couldn't have said it better myself (laughs) (laughs) all right so if you have any takeaways or aha moments that you want to share we do love to receive instagram dms despite how much we talked about not loving the platform uh dms are where it's at for us or if you want to share your stories and tag us we'd we'd love to reshare them on our platforms as well um it's always so nice to have a little bit of interaction and to know like what people are hearing and receiving from these conversations that we're putting out there um you can find me at jessmiller.co and i'm at samantha g and our combined account is at the slow mastermind Bye.